Today we celebrate the moment that Jesus ascends bodily into heaven. I just invite you to contemplate that today. Maybe it's something, you know, we celebrate this every single year. You might not think much of it, but it just shows how real heaven is going to be. Heaven is not just some vague spiritual reality. Heaven is not just an idea, an intellectual conception. Heaven is something very concrete. Jesus' body and soul is already there waiting for us. And every single one of us, one day, our bodies will be raised from the dead once again at the final resurrection. And we too will be in that place of heaven, not just spiritually, but bodily. In fact, this very body you have now is the one that you are going to have for all of eternity. There is a separation that takes place at death. But then there is a reunion that takes place at the end of all time. And it's not that you're just going to be randomly reinserted into whatever body happens to be coming down the assembly line. No, this body that you have now is the one that you will have. And it will be a perfected body without any of the weaknesses that we deal with now with aging, aches and pains and illness and all those things. And, and who knows how exactly all that's going to look and feel like, but it sounds pretty awesome, whatever it's going to be. And what's fascinating about this teaching, this belief in our faith, is that St. Augustine, who's one of the great church fathers, said that this is the most controversial Christian belief of all. And you might think of all sorts of other teachings that could be considered controversial today, all the church's moral teachings and those types of things, but no, no. St. Augustine says this, on no point does the Christian faith encounter more opposition than on the resurrection of the body. I think perhaps part of the reason why Augustine would say this is because of the incredible implications of this belief in the resurrection of the body. Eternity is very long. There's this great metaphor that's been used in uh, life teen circles for the youth group, and it's such a good one that it nearly led me to break my uh, no-prop policy for homilies, but uh, I can still describe it for you. So imagine that I'm holding a rope and I've got the end of it in this hand and it trails all the way through the church and goes outside into the parking lot. And then on the end of the rope, the end that I'm holding in my hand, there's a little uh, one inch section of, of colored tape that you can see. That little colored section represents our life here on earth, right? It's just this short little segment. And then the rest of that rope that extends all the way through the church and out into the parking lot, out of sight, that represents eternity. Eternity is so mind-boggling because we are so bound by the sense of time, it's hard to even comprehend. But that image helps give a sense of what we're talking about. That is the eternity that awaits us in heaven and that will not simply be a spiritual thing, it will be a real physical reality. In fact, scripture tells us that at the end of time, Jesus is going to return to earth once again and the whole created order will be restored to its place of perfection that God originally intended. This is why we as Christians 
are a people of hope. Because this is an incredible, an incredible place that awaits all of us. So today in our second reading from Ephesians chapter 1, Paul says, May the eyes of your hearts be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope that belongs to his call. What are the riches of glory in his inheritance among the holy ones? And what is the surpassing greatness of his power for us who believe? Or again in our collect at the beginning of Mass, I said these words, The ascension of Christ your Son is our exaltation. And where the head, that is Jesus, has gone before in glory, the body, that's we the church, is called to follow in hope. When archaeologists are digging in places where they encounter uh, people who have been buried, you know, human remains, there's a very simple way in which they're able to determine the religion of those people who were buried, at least in certain places in the world. The way they know is that Christians were always buried with their feet facing east. And that's because of this ancient belief that when Jesus does come again, when all of us will be raised bodily from the dead, Jesus is going to come from the east because that's the direction of the sunrise, representing the true Son of God coming one day. And so Christians were always buried facing east so that at that moment they'd be ready to stand up and greet their Savior. So deep was this awareness of the resurrection of the body that even as their bodies are placed in the ground, there's an awareness that you're just here for a time. One day you will be raised to life again. This belief in the resurrection is absolutely foundational to our Christian faith. St. Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 says this, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. If Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain, and your faith is in vain. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. This is why Christians from ancient times have always had respect and reverence for their loved ones, even after death. We don't just dispose of their bodies and just move on, but we've always had this practice of burying the dead. Just yesterday, we had a funeral here, and it's always very moving to me at the end of the funeral when you have the casket at the front, the priest will go down and incense that person's body. And yes, they have died. Their soul is no longer present. And yet we're still using incense, this symbol of holiness for their body to remind all of us the holiness that God has created all of us to live in, that our bodies truly are temples of the Holy Spirit. That's why the church teaches that burying the dead is a corporal work of mercy. Now, I know all of you are probably, you know, you're like, I, I, we get that, Father. We know that we need to bury the dead. Got it. 
But there is a practice that is becoming very widespread, even in Christian circles, when it comes to cremation. Now, there's nothing wrong with cremation in of itself, but the problem with it is many people do not bury those ashes, those remains of their loved one. They keep them on the mantelpiece, or maybe they scatter them on a river or in a garden somewhere, or they make them into jewelry or rosaries or all these sort of tokens of remembrance. And while many of these customs might be common today, these do not at all come from a Christian understanding of the resurrection of the body. They come from a secular sort of nihilism which denies the resurrection of the body, that death is the end of all of this. And so you have to keep these sort of tokens of reminder of these loved ones. But the church believes that one day we will be raised from the dead. And so our loved ones, their bodies, even if they're ashes that are the remains, need to be buried out of respect for the human person of their body. And out of an awareness of this belief that one day this body will be raised from the dead. That yes, death is a goodbye for now with all of the grieving and the sorrow that it brings, but it is not the final goodbye. We place them to rest because we know that God is going to raise them up one day. So if any of you still have grandma on the mantelpiece or any loved ones and their remains at home, go bury them. Contact the cemetery. You can have arranged to have the beautiful burial prayers said right there at graveside. This perspective that the church gives to us is what gets us through these difficult moments of life. You know, in those moments of death of a loved one, in those moments of great trial in life, remember that image of that rope extending throughout the church and going out into the parking lot, and that little one-inch section at the beginning, that is the life that we live in now. We can never lose sight of the eternity that awaits us. One of the great difficulties of this pandemic is that it has made us focus almost exclusively on this little part here at the beginning. Now, certainly we all have an obligation to care for our bodies, to care for our health, but we should never let that one little section completely derail our preparation for that eternity that is to come and to completely set aside these necessary spiritual practices of our faith that prepare us for eternal life. As you all know, the obligation to attend Sunday Mass is returning next week on Pentecost Sunday. And this is not just an arbitrary decision, but this is out of a deep awareness of how much we need to receive God's grace every Sunday, above all, the grace he gives to us in the Eucharist. The Catechism has a beautiful quote in paragraph 1524 it says this the eucharist is the seed of eternal life and the power of the resurrection jesus himself says in john chapter 6 he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and i will raise him up at the last day Right before the priest receives communion, 
right after the Lamb of God, he says a quiet little prayer to himself. He says, may the body of Christ keep me safe for eternal life. And in the old Latin mass, the priest would say a similar prayer to every single person as they came forward to receive communion. Corpus Domini Nostri Jesu Christi custodiat animam tuum ad vitam eterna. May the body of our Lord Jesus Christ keep you safe for eternal life. The Eucharist is an essential part of God's plan for preparing us for the eternity that is to come. Jesus ascends today body and soul into heaven. Where he goes, we are called to follow. Every single Sunday, we say in the creed, I believe in the resurrection of the body and life everlasting. That's what we're talking about. So let's not allow those words to just be empty that we just sort of say out of habit every Sunday, but let's live them out by being faithful to God, by not allowing the passing trials of this short little segment of life to distract us from the eternity that is to come. And above all, let's be faithful to Jesus in the Eucharist by coming every Sunday to receive him. The Eucharist is the bread from heaven. It is the medicine for immortality. It is the food for the journey. And if we truly hope to be with Jesus forever in heaven one day, this is only possible through his grace, above all the grace that he offers to us in the Eucharist.